I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high for season five of the, the Connor and Smith, Smith Show. So, um, it is Memorial Day. Uh, we recently had a visit with uh, my mom coming up. We went to some of the memorials. The Helen Hayes Awards happened. Yep. We lost. We lost. Um, it's fine. It's fine because we already have a second production of Ichabod coming to North Carolina that was announced on Friday. In Summerfield. Yes. It's so exciting. Um, lots of things are happening and we're so grateful Tonight, our guest is Scott Whalen, Walene, Wallen. We're not sure, and I, I guess we should have cleared that. But Scott, we love you. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Yeah. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. <laughs> Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello there. Scott, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I'm enjoying the weather. It's been beautiful down here for the last several days, so. And we are also joined by our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hello. Hi, Ryan. I don't believe I've met you. If I have, it's been a long time ago, and I apologize for not remembering, but uh, the years fly by, and I don't remember exactly everything, but I'm pretty good on most things, I think. Where are you right now? I am sitting in my den in my house in Washington, North Carolina, wearing my Shenandoah University t-shirt just for good luck. Oh, I love it. Well, we'll get to how you ended up there later, but let's start at where you're actually from. Well, originally, um, I'm from, I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I lived there until I was about 15. And my dad's job moved us to, his job was in Philadelphia. And uh, I went to high school outside of Northeast Philadelphia in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. That's where I graduated from high school. That's how I sort of got to the East Coast. Oh, is Bucks County basically kind of like Philadelphia? It's north. It's um, as soon as you go out of northeast Philly, it's Bucks County. It's along the uh, Jersey, the uh, Delaware River, along. And that's Richard. the famous Bucks County Playhouse. Yes, that's up in New Hope. That was part of my school district there. Um, also, Washington Crossing, where Washington actually crossed the Delaware on Christmas Day, and that many many years ago. That was all right there. It was a great. It was an interesting place. You know, it's a lot of history. It was a, uh, you know, a lot of new things to see and explore. We, you know, my, my family like on. Thanksgivings and uh, long weekends, we go down to the, the beaches and go down into Philly. You know, that was the first time I got to visit Washington D.C. You know, was after moving to the East Coast. So things are meant, you know, things are meant to happen. Everything leads to something else. Yeah, were you kind of in, in involved in the arts growing up? I was in band, um, and you know, the little the 
the Christmas things at church, you know, that the Sunday school classes. I actually went to a Lutheran parochial school for eight years, which is uh, affiliated with the church my family went to. And so we were involved in all those things and choir and all that stuff. I was never a great singer. It's fun to do, but I, <laughs> I don't know how fun it is for people to listen to me. What, but, what did you play in the band? Um, I um, played bass clarinet, started off clarinet, obviously. And then uh, when I was in high school, I was bass clarinet. I actually marched with a bass clarinet um, in marching band as well. And I uh, was drum major my senior year. So is a bass clarinet basically just a clarinet that plays a, a lower range? Yeah, it looks, it's got a similar shape to like a saxophone where it's got, the, it curls up and then goes down and curl, the bell curls up at the bottom again, rather than the regular, you know, B flat clarinet um, is just like a, a straight cylinder with a bell that opens at the bottom. Right. Now, I'm, now you've just taken me back to something in music class. The B flat clarinet, actually, sometimes the, the music is written a different key based on does it does it play in a different key? <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's been a long time. So what I'm saying is, I, I think that since something... I left high school. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's something to there. The are, there are that... different because there's the there's the alto clarinet and there's you know the bass clarinet. The bass clarinet is also in B flat, I believe too. Yeah. I, I can't believe I'm talking to conservatory graduates and I know nothing about this anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, all I know about things now are you are looking on Google and YouTube for answers. Yeah. Well, I know, you know, in, in concert band, there was parts written for bass clarinet. Um, in marching band, there wasn't always. So a lot of times um, I would play the center sa tenor sax part, which was also written in the same key. So yeah, I, I could, that could easily transfer over. Let me tell you, my, my two, two of my brothers were in band and there was nothing like going to a kick-ass uh, marching band competition. We loved it. We did some of that. We did a lot around the um, East Coast. I know we did some up in New Jersey. I remember there was one up, the, up in the Allentown, Pennsylvania at the fairgrounds. Um, oh, my gosh. We did something in Florida one year. Um, I remember this one band that did like the theme song from E.T. And while <laughs> they were playing, they filled the entire stadium with smoke. And all of a sudden, this humongous higher balloon of E.T.'s head went floating up to the sky. <laughs> Well, you know, DCI, I don't know what that is, a drum corps international. They're, Wisconsin. Like, yeah, there's a, they were like smart. Our band, we, I went to a big high school, like my graduating class had like 800 people in Iowa. The graduation, I was sitting around people, I didn't know who they were. <laughs> yeah. um, because once you're in band, you get tracked, you know, with all your classes, the same people. So, um, but um, it was, it was a, it was a big school. So our band was big. We had, it was like 300 people. Like, you know, it was like a marching symphony orchestra kind of without the strings. Uh, right. Plus, we had like you know, the baton twirlers and the drill team and the rifle twirlers and the flag twirlers and all that stuff. So it was pretty big. We were and we were we were pretty big. And we got to, in parades. We were like these huge long. It was like a train passing by. We used to do a lot of local parades in the town there every year because Miss America was down in Atlantic City at the time. So we'd go down and march in the Miss America parade every year. And oh, that's fun. And um, we did stuff like we did. We go down and play the Phillies game. Um, down there that was fun we're going out to the old uh, old stadium there which is no longer there but um that's that's fun to go out there and do those kinds of things it's fun I, to do it as a part of the group list it was I, yeah when my high school band um the flags the flags were a big deal of course but they had a flag that would go on top of the flag so in the middle of the show they could start out with one thing and then all of a sudden rip off the flag and have another flag and it was like a 
this big magic trick and it was like oh my god it's gotten you know since we were my our band director at the time you know since way back in the 1900s so it was a little bit old school it's really changed i went to a, when i was in olympia georgia which is where i lived before until i recently moved here i went with a co-worker of mine um she was went to one of the local high schools uh, there in the band and we, we went to a band competition and it's really different now it's very much more theatrical like they put stages out on the like on the 50 yard line now and have people doing things like and you know it's 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 a much bigger production now than it so was back like then. every every one is like a super bowl halftime right 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 wow so, we're just like you know it's fun to be out there and you know I, I i'm not like a performer at harp it's fun to be part of something big like that you know like i love playing in band i love marching with the marching band um and you asked about the arts the um in high school because all the band we were all busy in the fall with band up until you know through the almost the holiday period with parades and stuff um, and then, so a lot of the band kids did some of that, especially if there were musicals in the spring, we would do and whatever. That was fun. I was never, it was never a career that I wanted to do. So, but it was just something to do with, with people, you know. Yeah. You know, all those wonderful skills that I never, I kind of took for granted really taught me a lot about, you know, working together as a group, when to lead, when to follow all those things. Yeah. I, I still have my, we had a nice band mom and her kids had since gone, but she didn't retire from us. Uh, since I since graduated, so she made the drum major uniforms every year. I still have mine hanging in one of my closets upstairs here. I can't quite get into it anymore, but I still can't part with it. It's still up there, oh, I probably love that. in the in the original dry cleaning bag that you know my mom took it to after my last football season. So, oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Along next to my you know cap and gown from Shenandoah graduation, which I just figured I might need again. I don't know, but it's still it's up there too. So then after high school, did you immediately go to college? I did. I did not go to Shenandoah. Where'd you go? Um, well, all through high school, I wanted, to, I, I was dead set. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a high school band director. That's so much like band. So I was going to go to college, major in music education. Then sort of my senior year, when you started going around visiting, I was like, I just, maybe this is not what I want to do. That's back in the time. Um, okay, I'll admit it, it was the 80s. That's how old I am. But um a lot of cuts were being made to school programs like that, you know, um, extracurricular activities. So I was like, oh, if I find a job, you know, it won't be, security's not, uh, wouldn't be that great. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I ended up still going to college. I ended up going to University of Minnesota, which is where my, I was from. And I, you know, my grandparents still lived a couple hours away. And because um, I thought, you know, I went to a big high school, over 3,000 people. I want to go to a big college for that same experience. Well, it's different from going from 3,000 people to 60,000 people. <laughs> and um, it was just too much bigger. And I, you know, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up, um, ended up going like the first year and then moved back with my parents and worked part-time and went to school part-time. And then I for the, did that for a year while I figured out what I wanted to do. And then I wound up at Shenandoah. And that's where I spent the last three years and graduated. And did you know why you wanted to go to Shenandoah? I did. I had a my friend of mine from high school, Kyle Ann Burt, she, um, we're still in touch with each other and still friends. She um, and I, she was, she and I were both drum majors together of our high school band our senior year. She was going to go major in piano performance. And um, being on the East Coast, I can remember, you know, back in the day, there, you know, there were all these bulletins boards in the band and choir rooms of all the, the music schools. They would all send that in all the colleges. I remember seeing the Shendo Conservatory thing there, and that's where she was going to go. And I ended up going to visit her a couple of times, and I was trying to find out, go on and go somewhere to a four-year school and, and graduate, I uh, decided, I, I visited her, I was like, I like this environment. First of all, it was the first time I'd been to Virginia. What a beautiful place Winchester is, you know, that whole area, the Shenandoah Valley. 
And I like the smallness of it. I go visit for a couple days and I got to know people there, which I never got to know anybody <laughs> at the University of Minnesota because it was just so massive. Um, and, uh, and I lived off campus with relatives because I was on the wait list for the dorms. But um, so I you shouldn't give up on the music. There's a music management to art. I looked into that and uh, it wasn't really what I wanted to do, but they had a business. I, I, you know, I could be around that and get the practical experience. I want to get into arts administration, but um, I would just go get a business degree instead because the arts administration degree was more for performers that wanted some business classes too. Like to get the degree, now they only have a master's program, but then they had an undergraduate arts management program. And you still have to take like either scene study or applied voice or applied you know, instruments. So I was like, you know, and you had to take all your theory and history, you know, music history. And like, that's not the direction I wanted to go. I want to go more in the administrative stuff. And then I, my management internship was one of the summers I spent working with Sue um, for SSMT. So it was really great. Like think one thing leads to another. And this is how funny how life all works out. The older I get, the realize that things kind of disappointments are only temporary because they're they're leading you to somewhere new, you know. And I wouldn't go back and change any of my path, you know. Hallelujah! So, I love that mantra. I mean, and I'm not. I'm you know. Don't get me wrong. It's in the moment, sometimes you're frustrated things that work out, but you know, I try to be like you know, just be patient. Things are going to happen the way they're supposed to be, and they, you know, I. I've seen it in my life, so it, it, that's just the way it works. But I'm glad I went there, and it was, it was just, you know, where else could I go to get that, you know? It's like I worked three summers for SSMT, and working for Sue was great. I mean, just to watch her enthusiasm and expertise and her drive, and, you know, she was a great mentor, and she's still a great friend. We've been in touch over the years. Now, Scott, but, you know, every uh, once in a while, there's like a, a little bit of a static sound in the phone it would there be any reason that you you could think of that would be causing that oh um i'm wearing earbuds with the microphone maybe it's rubbing on my shirt i'll try to hold it away oh you know what it is your shirt is that better now that's so much better that shenandoah t-shirt i should know okay it's the call damn it you hornet <laughs> it's buzzing there oh so. good hey let me just ask this uh, 101 question so when you go to uh, was it uh, a, an arts management degree my, my my degree program that I was in was actually in the business school. It's a bachelor of business administration with a major in management. And so your 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 classes are kind of geared around what? Well, you, I, had to t I had to take some of the liberal arts stuff. Like I remember I had to take chemistry and history, uh, math, obviously. Uh, I, I take calculus and technology and statistics and uh, I take you know accounting classes, business law. There were some management classes. I think I had a, like a psychology elective I took. Um, so sort of well rounds a little bit, but it's basically the core is business classes. Um, I, I took, um, you know, at, at Shenandoah, if you call, you had to take a religion or philosophy credit. So ba you mean you're, you're, you're basically uh, learning just everything that you have to do on the business side of things. Yeah, there was actually, you know, I think about there was a, a semester personnel management class. Yeah. And now, um, and uh, yeah, and like uh, working this way. Introduction to data processing. <laughs> oh, it was like wow. one one semester, and it was like pencils and the little cards that you fed through. So we oh were still typing gosh. our papers on typewriters. So back then. Oh my gosh, that it, it doesn't even me and my, me and Ryan were just talking the other night how quick technology is just moving so fast. Like I feel like in the last five years, I've like 
tripled the technology it, just in my home. Well, and, and think about this, you know, in the last 20 years, we've had got the internet, email, <laughs> you know, social media, not even it's new, it's new you know, so yeah, it's crazy. It, I mean, like I, you know, I worked at places, you know, and I, when I worked at, you know, I try to remember when we got email at Ford Cedar, it was like in the 2000, like, <laughs> you know, um, account that we all, you know, Microsoft needed a system to put in for us and network. Now, when I met you there for a couple of decades. You know, when we were talking to Lauren, she brought up the fact that when we all lived there in Southeast, and I, you know, I really loved, loved, loved those little houses. They were so cute. Yeah, I listened to hers, and when she mentioned the unsafe way, I laughed. I, thought, I totally forgot that we called it the unsafe way. Well, unsafe it wasn't, way. It wasn't <laughs> just us. It was all of what That was the unsafe way, and the one over in DuPont was called the Soviet safe way, I think, because there was never anything in there. Like, oh he went there after, after 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there was, like, no bread. Now, were you working at Ford's when I was kind of at your house around that time? I, I'm, I'm imagining so, because when I bought that house, that house was 1995. So, yes, yes, I was there. And I was at Ford Cedar for thir almost 13 years. Really? So yeah. after SU, where did you go from there? Um, well, that was, you know, a great thing. I had a great experience working there, you know doing all kinds of stuff, laying out programs and box office and all that. So I ended up walking into a part-time job at the West End Dinner Theater, which they shortly thereafter offered me a full-time job. And then the manager left, and so I became the box office manager. Um, and then I started took a part-time job at Ford's Theater, and that's then they ended up offering me a full-time job. So uh, I'm sped through that. To... But I was, at, I was at West End for a few years. Oh, gosh. That's... Shout out to uh, Joni Matthews. Yes, I just talked to Joni yesterday. I'm, I'm still good friends with she and her husband, John. So uh, and, you're kidding. No, 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 no. Now, do they, does she still have the Birchmere? Yes, that's still there on Mount Vernon Avenue in Alexandria. So, uh, did you have you, did you ever go there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that's the last time I was in DC. Um, I'm pretty sure I've been, God. you know, Winchester a couple of times, but I was there. I was living in Georgia and I went up on vacation and it was to see, you know, I've decided all these people I've wanted to see all these years in concert and all those years when you're working nights, you never go to anything. Right. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm getting old. Well, these people I want to see are older than me. So I was like, you know, I mean, I love Tanya Tucker for decades. I mean, she's going to be at the Birchmere. I'm like, the Birchmere, it's, you know, you can, you're, it's such a great place to see a show because it's no matter where you sit, you're 20 feet from the stage. Right. So I went and then it snowed and the concert got canceled and delayed for two days. So we were stuck in her house, Joni's house, you know, just, you know, luckily we had, we had gone to the grocery store and had food and wine and whatever. And so John and Joni and I were just there having a good time. But um, yeah, I've been, and I, I worked actually when they moved to the Birchmere when Joni and um, got involved with it back in, what was that? Like 1995, 96. Um, they moved to that current location where they are bigger than the old place. And, they didn't have a box office before, so they were putting in a box office. And so she had me come in and help them set up the Ticketmaster system because I had a lot of experience um, with Ticketmaster ticketing from working at Ford Cedar and a couple other places. I did part-time stuff. So, yeah, well, I've been seeing a lot of stuff there. When I auditioned at Westin Dinner Theater from SU at some point and found out that they were looking for dancing demons for a Christmas carol. <laughs> and I thought myself, oh, my gosh, I really feel like I could be a dancing demon. 
Um, and I remember showing up there. And of course, like any strip mall, you're like, okay, it's right beside a porn store and there's a nice Chinese restaurant. But like, I remember going into the West End because it was so kind of grand. You know, it was just like a, a little mini Warner Theater, if you will, because of the, the seating. Uh, it, it was a nice facility. The, the sight lines were great. You know, it was comfortable. Yeah, you had a nice lobby walking... area with that nice bar out the front. Yeah. yeah, I remember walking in there and thinking, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And then when I got the job, I thought, well, I'm I'm working at the West End Dinner Theater. It was it was I I love it. It was great. It was I great great experience there. And you talk about the the it was a, the X-ray movie theater next door. We could tell you guys were on stage having fun, but in the box office, we'd have fun when people come in and just say, put like a 20 under the window and say one. We're like, <laughs> what? Oh, you want to go next door? Like <laughs> We're not that. And, then, and especially but... when we had babes in toilet on the kids show on the marquee, then they really got confused. <laughs> oh so. my God. That's hysterical. Oh God. I, ooh. You know, speaking of the birch mirror and I won't bore you with this, but we, Steven saw John Waters there. Mm-hmm. I saw. He comes there every Christmas, doesn't he? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Or around the holidays. We saw Jane Lynch. Were we, you, were we there together or just me? We saw Jane Lynch there. I mean, they really get the the A team. Oh yeah, I mean, we actually, actually, I think that was before I went to see Ted Tucker. Um, I was in the area when Glenn Campbell was coming through his farewell tour. He has Alzheimer's, and we went and saw him, and he was great. He still sounded fantastic. You know, his kids were um, kind of in his band, so they kind of helped him. But you know, you saw him when they were filming that documentary. Probably, yeah. I mean. Oh it, it was, he still, he sounded great. He had, he had monitors where he had to look down, you know, I mean, how I, it, it was, it made you, it was very melancholy to watch it because he still, it was a great show. And, but he had to look down like he couldn't remember the song, words like rhinestone cowboy. You know what I mean? That's how his memory was going. It was too bad because physically, otherwise, you know, he was fine. You know, he was still walking around and playing his guitar, you know. Wow. That's an amazing documentary. I'll have to watch it. What's it called? I don't know. Um, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I'll look it up quick. But um, then you, so then is that you transitioned right to Ford's Theater from the West End? I worked both for a while. You know, I worked, and I'm going, I was full time at West End and then part time at Ford's, and then Ford's offered me a full time job. And then so I was part time. I, I worked seven days a week for a few years there. Like I had my two days off. I was off, I think, Tuesdays and Wednesdays from Ford's. And I would work two 10 hour days, like 10 to 8 at the or 3 to 11, or whatever it was. Or, at the West End box office, so. Okay, um, quickly, the, uh, the the documentary is I'll Be Me. Okay. Um, the Glenn Campbell documentary, 2014. And, okay, another side note. You go to the Ford's Theater and you have the exact same experience on a bigger scale at, that you had at the West End, where you're like, holy shit, this is the theater. Even though, well, even though we know it's been rebuilt. Yeah. Um, every I mean, time... It, I, Every time I would watch a show at Ford's, it felt like the theater was bigger than the show because I was always like reminding myself like, oh, I'm at Ford's theater. Well, it sort of is that, you know, that, that way. Um, I worked in the box office for years and I became like the box office auditor and bookkeeper. Um, and then I, um, so I, then I ended up being full-time in the special events office and the executive director's office, Frankie Hewitt. I don't know if you remember her name, but she since passed away um but so i worked probably the last seven or eight years seven years or eight years up you know in her area so it was fun to see people coming and going and learning 
how things happen, like in all sides of the operation, you know, dealing with, you know, the stuff backstage and, you know, um, how shows are produced and all that stuff and different people. She used to do go to New York to see a lot and a lot of the stuff we used to rehearse in New York before we, and then bring it back down. And, um, but yeah, the building itself is, is certainly part of the cast of characters there and part of the show. You know, I, you should go down there or maybe you should, <laughs> um, this time, well, this is kind of past the peak time, but Cherry Blossom and all the school buses there. I mean, it's open during the day for tours. And it's just full of people when there's not even a show going on, you know? Well, Steven did uh, several shows there. He was lucky enough to be a part of the 200th? No, 150th uh, commemoration of the assassination. 150th So that was about 10 years ago, right? Because that was 1860. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, not quite 10. It was... Uh, okay. I don't... And he sang for uh, the President Bush. I did. And... Uh, Got to hang, got to walk by Laura Bush. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, that was so, yeah, that would have been, well, that would have been over 10 years ago, right? Because when did, well, no, that's, those were two separate or, occasions. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. Oh, the Bush thing, uh, that was, uh, the, the Civil War or whatever. No, it was meet John Doe. Oh, God. It was the presidential what, gala. Not gala. Okay. The Ford's yeah. gala. The Ford's gala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, the, we, I think I, I think I, I left in uh, 2001, actually, yes. So that was right after the election. It was um, in the spring of 2001, I left to go work at Amtrak, which is different, another news story. But um, so I, I was right before the gala that year. I remember what we were doing. That's when they used to do a variety show. It, was, it used to be on, um, it was on ABC for a number of years. And then they, I think, I don't know if they do that anymore, but I know they did some of the shows sometimes for, um, for the gala. Those are, those are, those are, fun to do because people really enjoy coming, but there were a lot of work. I mean, I remember one year where I didn't go to bed one whole <laughs> night cycle. We were just working through the night. So for the, one, for the 150th anniversary, they had programming for 24 hours. Wow. Through the night into the, I mean, it was insane. It was the biggest thing they'd ever done. Um, but yeah. what, what would you be doing in the middle of the night? There were all there was always something you could do because watch there, or uh, take a tour or you know yeah there were all kinds of things and they kept it going for twenty four hours. Did um, I know what I I'm just on the normal anniversary of the assassination? People would bring like wreaths of flowers and dresses, Mary and Abe, and all kinds of people just on the street, not sponsored by the theater or the park service, just people doing it on their own. So. There is supposedly like a little haunting ghost story there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like things sometimes sometimes happen. Um, <clears throat> I've heard that, but I the only I only had one odd experience where I heard somebody knocking on the back box of the door, and then I opened it, and nobody was there, and nobody was anywhere around. And I asked the person lady I was with, I said, "Dottie, did you hear that?" She said, "Well, I thought I heard somebody, but then." And other people had similar stories. But that's the old box. The box office isn't even there anymore. It's the whole place has been totally rearranged. <laughs> like, the box office used to be at the old Star Saloon, which was where the assassination was planned. It would be on the right side of the theater, but now they have the whole visitors' entrance over on the left side. I think I was there maybe seven or eight years ago, or five years ago. So it's very different from my experience there. We we only had about ten or twelve full time people working there at the time. Now there's a yeah, a lot more people there. So, and, and they've gone more and a lot more into the educational center and the, um, the history and all that stuff is, we were just running it as a, you know, producing theater at the time, but now there's a whole other adding on, there's more missions that are involved. So it's a, a lot more going on there than when I was there. 
So after Forge, you jumped on the train. I did. Amtrak. Right, just down down the street. And so it was closer to my house. I didn't like driving all the way over to 10th Street. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to just drive over to, by, we were right next to Union Station in the building right there up on 1st Street, Northeast. And yeah, I worked there, you know, moved right, decided it'd be great to go into the transportation industry right before, you know, in, before, in the spring of 2001, right before 9-11. Oh, so, gosh. But uh, I, I, that was a great job. I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a new, I learned, learned a lot of new things, um, really getting more into like the statistical data because I was did revenue management or yield management where we do the, decide what pricing is and how to forecast what fares are available when and those kinds of things. Um, working with the sales and marketing people to drive revenue and passengers. And so it was very, you know, in, in a way it was really creative and I enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed dealing with my sales people in St. Louis and Chicago and Atlanta and Florida and different places. So it was fun. It was kind of a little bit more entrepreneurial because I was given like an area and Scott just go do it, you know? So it was kind of fun. And we, we were required to take trips. So I got to go, you know, overnight on overnight trips and sleeping apartments. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's so, fun. Of course it was nine 11 kind of turned the world upside down. I remember, you know, working, it was, you know, it's kind of, bringing it up because I nobody really talks about it that actually lived there <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't talk about it I haven't talked about it in all these years really much but um it was a kind of a that was a really weird day um working there um but we were all back to work in the office the next day you know because we were the only thing going there were no airplanes flying you know we the trains were still running and we were trying to make sure that we were, weren't overbooking too much or do we overbook more because people aren't going to go but they're just making booking reservations so it was all really interesting and so. you worked literally physically in the building of union station um no right right next door you know that first street that goes up along the like the left side if you will yeah um if it's just the first street i guess that would be it was northeast because north capitol street was the next street over there was a building there like on g 10 g street was our address you know what? Talking about another building. My gosh, every time I go to Union uh, Station, especially at, like at Christmas time and stuff, I just feel like I'm in some like cathedral. Well, it's it's you know I I think that's one of my favorite. It probably is my favorite building in Washington D.C. Um, especially it's right around Christmas time, and it's fun to go there and just watch the hustle and bustle of people traveling. And you know, there's all the whole and they've redone it again since I've been there. When I was there, it had been done. You know shopping but i think it's all been redone there was restaurants and things but do they I, do they still have the big christmas tree from norway and the little train scene from norway oh yeah oh yeah yeah that's the country of norway's gift to us so every year Scott, and that, uh, that, that grand hall them? i'm sorry that grand hall when it was built was the biggest building room in the world at the time anyway sorry go ahead i was gonna say um mike on shirt alert great all right sorry that's okay all right Go ahead, Matt. Um, I, no, I was going to make a joke. Like, well, what do we give them? If they give us all these wonderful things, like a treat, do we give them like a a box of chocolates? <laughs> I don't know. What do we have something more famous for? I'm sure we give them something, but um, We give them maple, maple syrup. That's Canada. Uh, baseball. <laughs> Apple pie. True. Um, um, what did, what did, um, you, you were saying something about the building, the tallest building or the oldest building? Or, or you something? know, when you walk into the, the main, that it's called the Grand Hall, I think, that, that, um, that the big, where the big arch ceiling is when you first walk in. The Rotunda. The, yeah, there used to be a restaurant in the middle. I think when they, they said when they built that, it was the biggest room in the world at the time. Oh, wow. There's a little plaque somewhere, I, or I think, on one of the corners. But. Wow. 
Yeah, I love it. Stephen's actually going to go there Friday to pick up his mother who's taking the train from Pennsylvania. And just like you said, the hustle and bustle, it's like even when you're there, there's also an energy of people who aren't there, almost like a passage of time of of people. Like there's so many ghosts there of like other stories. And you look at a bench and think, oh, my gosh, so at least one famous person has sat on that bench at some point in history. You well, know? you know, it's, you know, there there was a time before airplanes where that's where everybody came to town. You know, <laughs> you know, presidents yeah. arrived there, you know, and departed yeah. there. And um, you know, funeral. You know, the funeral trains would go back to you know Illinois with Lincoln on them, and you know it was just a, the trains were the thing. You know, and it's it was brought people together, and you know now that all the commuter trains come in, so a lot of the people that work on that area or, or around town take the metro there, and then they get on the the VRE and the the Mark trains and stuff. So it's a, still a big hub of activity, but it's a little bit different because the people not as many people are going as far as they used to go or come from as far. Yeah. So, so where in Pennsylvania was your mom be coming from? She is coming from Greensburg, but she's oh, yes. taking the train from Connellsville because it's a shorter ride. Yeah, that that's train 30 coming from that direction, the Capital Limited. I, that was one of my trains for a while. That was one of your trains? Yeah. Yep, she's taking that. She'll be here at 1 o'clock on Friday. Yeah. Nice. Train 30. Train, you, already, you already knew it was train 30? Yep. Okay. Well, you're, it's still it's correct. It's still correct. So. <laughs> yeah. But she goes back on train twenty nine. Yeah. Yeah. That goes daily Washington to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't love the parking, you know. But um, it's, well, they're making it worse from what I read because they don't want people to park there. They want people to take, you know, other forms of transportation there. They're not. I, there. I guess there's some um, controversy about. They don't want the parking lot to be very big when they redo it again. So ah, uh, well, that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty it's... pretty soon we're all going to have a personal drone just taking us around. <laughs> I think, like the Jetsons. Yeah, mm -hmm. or the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, uh, Amtrak. You leave Amtrak because why? Um. I love that job. I did. I didn't leave it for. I didn't like it, but I went, there was a period there from 20, 2002, 2003. I, I lost um, three grandparents in a year. And I just felt kind of far away from my family. And um, at the time, DC government was doing crazy things. Like they were really, they decided to jack up the property taxes sky high. So my mortgage payment was going up $600 a month. So uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to make a change. So I was visiting Minnesota a college friend of mine from Shandoah happened to be living and working there at the time. And we had gone out to dinner. I met her and um, I thought maybe I should move here. And she said, what should you do? I said, I don't know, maybe I'll get a job for Northwest Airlines because they were based in Minneapolis. And so I got home, I went to their website um, and there was a job doing for Northwest Airlines what I was doing at Amtrak. I applied a month and a half later, there was a truck on my house loading me up. So that took me there. We, I worked there for five years. And then, um, I, as you probably know, Delta Airlines and Northwest Airlines merged together. So all of our jobs moved to Atlanta. So I ended up moving down to Georgia. Wow. And that's where I was till. And then there was COVID. <laughs> then there was COVID. I had a great time there. Um, especially the, my favorite part was working. When I went to Georgia and worked at Delta, I ended up moving over from the domestic entity over to the Asia Pacific. So that was fun. And I really enjoyed that a lot during with the Asia flights and the Asia, our Asia employees 
and counterparts in that part of the world. It was really fun. Um, but yeah, then in 2020, COVID came and, you know, at first we thought, oh, it's going to be three weeks and it's going to be over. Everybody just stay home. And it wasn't happening. And, you know, and I saw what was happening on the planes, like how many people were on the planes, you know, because that was my job. And, and, I, I was, and we, so they were like, they ended up offering a, um, you know, a buyout package for people wanting to go. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, well, should I do it? Let me think about it. I said, I was sort of thinking about doing it anyway in three years. And but I wasn't really ready to do it now. And, um, but then I thought, you know what? They're, they're offering this now in six months, we could just be gone. There'd be no money. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. And actually I, a lot of people have that idea of the 80 some thousand employees at Delta over 30,000 people left. So, um, and the other lands had some more problems. That's why it's, it's so hard now because it's a lot of the people that work there are new, um, but they're getting the job done. Not that none of us could be, could be replaced, but it takes a while to wrap people up. So uh, hopefully things are going well now. Um, and then I decided I was going to move. Um, and uh, it took me a while to find a house where I wanted to be and then do the renovations on it enough that I could move in and then sell my house in Georgia. And now I just did that. I moved up here some months ago. So, and you and love sold, sold my house in Georgia. I do so far. I still have boxes around, <laughs> but I'm working my way through. I'm going to be ramping up the job search here in a second. I, I tell people I'm pre-tired. I'm not retired. I still have, I got still have a number of years left. I'd like to work. And I think I still can contribute. So I've got, <laughs> I, got I still some, can contribute. I want a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> I still can contribute. I still can so. contribute in some way. Well, it's, and it's funny. It's, it's, you know, I like to stay busy too. It's been fun doing this, this whole, um, the, the whole reunion thing at Shenandoah was great. That was, you know, that was a project. We started planning this black last summer um, and then we also, my friend, Laura Stark and I, um, she's, she was a 1989 graduate, the first BFA in music theater graduate from Shenandoah, just as a, for when, for your, she um, was Connor the first Smith. BFA? Yep. Um, the bachelor, the music theater degree was a bachelor of music. Um, when she entered in her class into the program, they let people decide because they were changing it to a BFA from a bachelor of music and they let her, they let people decide. And she was the only one that decided she wanted the BFA instead of the the Bachelor of Music, but um, so we we um, that's been keeping me busy since then, and we started this new endowment fund for Shenandoah Summer Music Theater, and that's been fun. That's been some work, but it's this we're doing some things to raise money for that. So, but now I've got to find something that somebody's going to pay me for. So, Laura so start, Stark, so. I'm adding you on Facebook right now, and it looks like you probably also... have people in common. So. Yeah, it looks like you, you're also friends with Tina Marie De Simone. Well, if you're friends with Tina, I bet you could come on this show and tell us lots of stories. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she did stuff in the Washington area, and she did some tours, and she moved to New York for a while, and she lives in Frederick, Maryland now. So she where? Frederick, Maryland. So she's she's in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah. Oh wow! Not, not far from you. Yeah. So she's like an hour from Winchester. So yeah. Yeah, well, it sounds like you have some really close friends and connections still at Shenandoah. There's, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's been nice. I live close to Lauren and Matt now. So I've been at their house twice since I moved here. And uh, Karen and Bud, you know, they came to see me in Minnesota and in Georgia. And I am I need to get to Pittsburgh to visit them up there one of these days, too. And Yeah, it's so uh, funny. You know, I think COVID did, like, this weird, like etch and sketch like uh thing on my brain where it just kind of shook away a little bit of the particles to change the 
the artwork. And uh, when I saw your name or heard your name, either from Lauren or to or written down or whatever, I, I took a moment of like, Scott, wait, I know Scott. And then I was, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Scott. I've been in his house. <laughs> yes, that was my first house. I don't know if you can, because we had three, end up having three houses. Well, it, Scott, the one that we, I was at, was near the unsafe way and yeah that's and me and you end up talking about abba yes probably you're you're a huge abba fan i am you know and back then that was that was pre-mamma mia so there weren't many people talking about them but besides um and um, i think i think a friend of mine from the west end karen shell she didn't go to shenandoah and she wasn't an actor but she worked there part-time and um she just got the from because she had to order stuff from her like you know Columbia or RCA Record Club, <laughs> so she know, got she got me the Abba disc set. So I've been hearing all these stuff that I'd never heard before. You can see all the the album cuts and things. And again, a lot of that stuff was out of print, and there was not it was there was just coming on a CD because. Um, so I was probably very enthusiastic about the time, and I still like them. You know, they had a new album out year before last. So well, you know, there's some. There, of course, everyone now is forever because there's the internet. So everyone now right. has like kind of some forever power. But there's only a certain number of you know bands and singers that kind of have that like forever thing. And I don't know what it is about ABBA, but they've got every song is like a forever song. Well, they've got a lot of songs, and you know, some of my favorite stuff is stuff that you you know weren't singles. You know, just stuff from from that box set that I had, and I've been able over the years some of the old vinyl has been brought back on CD. So I've accumulated some of those and it's very, you know, it's very musical. I mean, not, it's not, I say that, I mean, of course it's all music, but, but I guess maybe more classical. I mean, like you listen to the arrangements are very full and, you know, intricate and, you know, obviously the voices. Wait, and didn't the writers write the music to chess? They wrote chess. They obviously wrote Mamma Mia and, um, they didn't rewrite it. <laughs> they already had it. But they also had this musical um, called Christina. It's uh, based on a, an immigrant story from uh, a Scandinavian family that moved to Minnesota back in the 1800s, which is sort of my family story. It's um, the story of the Norwegian Christmas tree. <laughs> yes, sort of. <laughs> um, but uh, there's some great songs from there. They actually did a tryout. They did a, uh, maybe four years ago, five years ago, a uh, sort of a concert of it at Carnegie Hall, I guess, for backers, but it didn't get picked up to. It didn't you know, get it's too, well. It's too. So that's probably why it's not a. You know. Oh God. Yeah, it, it's sort of an epic story. It's I've got the I've got the um, CDs of that. So. Wow. I, it's out there. You can probably listen to it on YouTube. I'll send you a song. Yeah, uh, I think I, 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 think I, I love I got Abba, and like I said, there's just something about their their harmonies or something about their writing. Well, and sp speaking of keys, a lot, they're just like, they, it sounds bright, a lot of the, the way they write and the arrangements and it just. Yeah, it does sound bright. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, so yeah, send me that. It's kind of like um, talking about that long show. I remember when Michael John Lacusa wrote Giant and it was like four hours long, three acts of the, based on the movie Giant. Uh, and I went and saw all three acts. And what was that? Well, oh. honestly, after a while, you really didn't think it was three hour or four hours long. You kind of got really engrossed in it. There, I saw a couple of shows over the years that were some some kind of track. Like, what was the one? 
Whistle Down the Wind. Wasn't that the... Oh, thing? my gosh. In the 80s? No. Late 90s? 80s, yeah. Early 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing through that at the national and like, no, we're not leaving. We're all, we're all just, I think Lauren was with me actually. We just decided we had to sit through it. We're like, Oh my God, Scott, they just did a reading of that at some, at some place like local here. Ah. Cause a, a friend of mine said, I'm going to go see whistle down the wind. I haven't seen that since I was at the national. <laughs> yeah. I think that might've been three acts, but I don't know if it was three acts, but it just seemed long. Oh gosh, I, my favorite quote is this bitchy friend I have or used to have. We I got rid of that in the pandemic, and um, there was a show he saw once that was ninety minutes long, and he walked out of the theater and he said, "That was ninety minutes long, and it felt like it was ninety-two." <laughs> and, and and there is something about that, you know, if something's long feels longer than it really is, there's just a problem. Yeah, it is. You know, that's like. I know I've, you guys, I've, I've listened to about 20 of your podcasts. I'm all over the place with people I know, don't know, people I know through other people. But there seems to be some great shows in there, you guys. Joseph, that's a good one. Of course, that isn't a long show. That's just boom, 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 you're done. But um, Oh, my it God, just seems right. like a, Joseph it, was boom, 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 you're done. And in fact, it's, it's no intermission. So it's just uh, the bus drivers at the West End loved when we had that show there. Did you ever know the uh, DC actress Nancy Robinette? I know of the name. I don't know her personally. Okay, but... so she has done some stuff in New York, and she's just a really great person to talk to. And we used to drink wine with her when she was friends of one of our friends. And anyway, she did this three-and-a-half-hour Baker. Sarah Baker? No, Annie Baker? Anyways, uh, like a three-and-a-half-hour play called John. And it was at the signature, and I thought, I... I am, I cannot go to a play. And anyways, we went and it was riveting. Uh, every, everything was done in real time. For instance, if she had to make a pot of coffee in the show, you watched her brew a pot of coffee in the show. And it was all like real living. Um, See, that to me sounds, that to me sounds uh like something I'd be interested in because it was fascinating. Uh, I don't like when they take liberties and insult the intelligence of people. Like, yeah, you know how long it takes to make coffee, still pretend it takes 30 seconds. So, right, right. There's something even to that, right? Yeah. Well, that's why Lauren and I just couldn't get through the movie Titanic in one sitting. Like, this is just awful. Like, there were so many just leaps of like reality, like, what? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Of course. I was like, why does Molly Brown have her son's former with her on her trip, on her cruise? Like to me, I was like, this whole movie's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've lost me. Now you've already lost me. Yeah. But anyway, that sounds like an interesting show. Well, we are we're glad uh that you're happy where you are, have landed. I'm so happy that you've gone so many different places to see the country. Yeah, it's been great. It's that's you know, something I haven't even done. And stuff I never would have planned. You know, I never would have ever thought I would live in a town called Noonan, Georgia and love it. You know, but I really did. You know, I had this great old, old 1840 house in this great town walking right around to the restaurant and entertainment district and it was safe and friendly and great neighbors. And, um, you know, I love Georgia. And I like North Carolina, too. I love living in Minnesota as, as an adult. I loved it when I was a kid, but um, it was fun to be a, as an adult there then, too. Your house was built in 1840? My Georgia house was, yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it just out of rocks. <laughs> wood. 
would, that, would that's, that's 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 what you know that's you know georgia's full of trees it still is so everything a lot of stuff was wood that's why atlanta burned down so fast but oh my gosh and actually the town i lived in noonan georgia is called noonan and their kind of slogan on the sign is city of homes because it was a hospital town during the war and it treated soldiers from both sides in fact right up the street from me was a cemetery and there's soldiers from both sides buried there but a lot of the big homes there um were hospitals so they they left it alone for humanitarian reasons. So that's why there's a lot of pre-war homes still down there in that town. And whereas in Atlanta and some other places, a lot of them got destroyed. So, Well, um, we the next time you're in D.C., you've got to give us a call. We're so sorry me and Stephen did not get to see you while you were up here. But thank you. Thank you so much for telling your story and connecting. And we hope to talk to you soon. Sounds great. All right, buddy. Well, have a great night. And um, we'll see you later. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Scott, for talking to us. Gosh, uh, your advice about Union Station proved to be true. Yeah. Your, your mom was on the train uh, on, on the 30. I, I couldn't uh, park because there's construction in the garage. Anyway, very troubling. I really want to park there for Christmas because I love going there and seeing the tree from, you know, Norway. Yep. And thank you for sending me the uh, files for the Mamma Mia Oh, okay. I got some other Mamma Mia. I, I got some other ABBA stuff. This is like download deals that you guys have done. Yeah, the new ABBA stuff that I was sent on the DL. Black Market ABBA. Yep. All right. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media under Connor and Smith on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon. Patreon family, thanks so much for sponsoring us. Um, We love you all. Uh, Your gifts help us to survive and and keep making this a free thing. Um, And Scott, you're a member of that family and we love you. Thank you. if you want to share this, please share it where you share things, post it where you post things. There is a Discord board. You can post things and say hey to your alum on that Discord. Um, and other than that, we're just uh, trying to finish out Season 5. Y'all, it's been over a year. Yeah. And we're so happy, but we just it's, it's have gonna... new uh, interview people reaching out tonight. It's going to keep on going. I mean, for a little bit, yeah. um, and then we'll figure out what's next. So stay tuned. Absolutely. All right, we love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.